Hello, good evening, football fans, and welcome to a weather super wildcard edition of the Big D Podcast. Before I bring in the nice guests, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page where you can see all my content. You can see my quarterback and super wildcard picks for this weekend. Also, check out the Big D Podcast on Spotify and Apple. So, uh, you know, this weekend on with Super Wildcard Weekend, weather is always a factor. Some games might be cold, some games might be windy, and some games might have rain. So uh, joining us to break down the weather for these games is half meteorologist, half radio, half rider, and half play-by-play man, uh, my buddy uh, Dennis Nicholson. Dennis, uh, did I get everything? You got it all right. Uh, you know, that that adds up to a couple hundred percent, but that's okay. And you could throw in some other things along the way. But uh, yeah, I do a little bit of everything and uh, try to keep active. But uh, my morning gig is uh, is being the farm director for a small town radio station here in the Midwest. But my passion is sports, whether it's fantasy football data analysis, whether it's play by play. But I spent over 20 years as a professional operational meteorologist. Uh, those are the kind that don't have the face for TV. So uh, they have to get it right or, or they go broke real fast for their company. So I, I worked 15 years for United Airlines, which is sort of like the uh, New England Patriots of, uh, of weather offices, uh, the most dominant weather office around. But uh, great to, to lend a little weather expertise on fantasy football, too, here, Dylan. Yeah, l- yeah. Let me, let me say, with all the aviation traveling nowadays, I bet, I bet that job would be fun, especially in your neck of the woods where it could be ice, snow, freezing rain, and Lord knows what kind of weather. Oh, yeah. And it, to believe it or not, the toughest forecast as far as for the operation of the airline that we prepared was for San Francisco, California, because there, if the clouds rolled in at a certain height, it would cut the arrival rate down in half at the airport and would cause major problems. Short of a blizzard at O'Hare, they could run in pretty much any kind of weather and, and do okay, comparatively speaking. But it was a great challenge. And uh, a lot of times I, I didn't like to know how much money was at risk because when they tell you that if your forecast is wrong, they're gonna lose $5 million. It's sort of intimidating. Yeah, so what's the most win a, an aircraft could take? Because I heard it's like it's like 30, I think it's like 30 miles an hour on like takeoff and a final approach. Is that? Well, planes, planes can take a lot of abuse when it comes to wind, but crosswinds are the yeah, biggest problem. Wind. Yeah, crosswinds can be, can be very, very uh, dangerous. And the worst weather that we had to constantly forecast for United Airlines because of our big hub in uh, Denver, Colorado, were the rotor clouds that would come off the mountains in certain wind conditions. And a few years ago, well, more than a few years ago now, but quite a few years ago, uh, there was a a deadly plane crash near Colorado Springs um, because of rotor clouds. There was no weather, no thunderstorms, no nothing that you could see 
but the turbulence was so bad in the area, it literally pushed the plane into the ground from about 10,000 feet. The poor pilot didn't have any chance to, to get it to survive um, the downforce of those winds. Um, that's the most dangerous situation are crosswinds and weird wind shear events. Those are always the most dangerous. Yeah, luckily, I don't think wind shear will be a factor this weekend. But from a football perspective, what is, uh, in terms of wind, rain, snow, or cold, which weather condition affects the game, games the most? Now, that is a very tough question because the weather events can be very different for different types of, of ball clubs. But if I were to pick one, I would say extreme cold. Um, everything that can go wrong with a football goes wrong in really, really cold temperatures. By, but by really cold, I mean down to like single digits to below zero. A lot of times when you hear the wind chill is minus 10, the wind chill is minus 15, that just makes it miserable for the players and it cools the ball down faster to its ultimate temperature. But if you have a wind chill of minus 15 and, you know, with a strong windy day and the temperature is still 15 to 18 degrees, that ball doesn't get a whole lot harder than if it was a calm wind. It just cools off faster. But the worst conditions are when you have a strong wind and cold temperatures. Those are when you can have the biggest input to, you know, impact to the game of football from a fantasy football, from a point scoring standpoint, uh, heavy wind and heavy precipitation are the big deals. So if you have wind speeds over 20 miles an hour, especially if it's a crosswind, if you have a due north or due south wind, um, that's going in the perfect direction of the football field, it's not as big of a deal as if you have a, a crosswind across the field where it's 20 or 30 degrees off of center of that north-south. But the interesting thing is I've, I've studied this for over 30 years, and all you know for sure when you have strong winds or you have any kind of weather at a game is that your range of outcomes grows. You can still have some tremendous fantasy football output in bad weather, but the range of outcomes is the big deal. Um, for this weekend, for instance, we have a couple of different weather events that are gonna be going on. Just about every one of the outdoor games is going to be affected by weather at some point. The kicking games will be the, affected the most which means you'll have some field position battles because of the stronger winds cutting down the punting game. We're not really concerned about that from a fantasy football standpoint. We're concerned with how many fantasy points are going to be scored. And probably the worst game, the worst two games this weekend will be the New England uh, game at the Buffalo Bills because of extreme cold. It's going to be 10 degrees, maybe at kickoff time and it's going to cool off into the single digits. Thankfully, the winds are not going to be strong. They're going to start out maybe seven to 12 miles an hour at the beginning of the game. And they'll probably get pretty light uh, as the game wears on. It's a night game, of course. So you're not going to have the bitter cold wind chills that are going to be tough on the players, but a football reacts different. Football is gripped different, even with gloves nowadays at 
seven degrees than it is at 17 degrees. So that fact that it's going to be dropping into the single digits makes that a tough game to handicap as far as the throwing of the ball. But with light winds, you're still going to see the potential for some big plays. And I, the good news is, well, the good news for those that don't want mayhem when it comes to the game, bad news for those of us who like mayhem is I don't think the lake effect snow is going to kick into the Buffalo area until long after the game is over. The other game that I'm watching really closely is that Philadelphia Tampa Bay game. Yes. We always know oh, it's Florida. It's going to rain. That's not the problem. The problem is that there's a strong frontal system that'll be rotating through the area and that will give us some really, really strong west winds. The west winds are going to be the, the pretty strong. That's going to be the big weather feature. Yes, there's going to be rain showers. Yes, I think there's the potential for heavy rain showers in the first half. As the game wears on, I think the rain showers will at least get lighter or less frequent uh, than they will be at kickoff. But the west winds are going to be strong the entire game. I'm looking at probably 17 to 27 miles an hour sustained winds with stronger gusts. So the wind is going to be an issue, especially since it's going to be across the field and it's going to be varying in direction as the game wears on. So you're not going to have a solid West straight 270 wind. The wind is going to oscillate between like 250 and 280, 290. So you're going to have this constant flip of the wind direction and the wind speeds, which makes it really tough for the quarterbacks. We saw this a couple of weeks ago in Kansas City, where it wasn't so much that the winds were all that strong, but they were varying in speed quite a bit as the game wore on, and we did see it affect the passing game. Yeah, to be honest, I don't look at the rain as a big big idea. I mean, NFL players have played in rain, and in September and October, we get Florida gets its fair share of rain. So, and plus, Tom Brady's played in 89 billion bad weather games. So, <laughs> so, yeah, but the, but the but the rain could be heavy enough that it could even affect the the hardy souls that are used to playing in bad bad weather because it comes to a point. It's the intensity of the rain, and there's going to be the chance for some pretty heavy showers. The only question is, do you get that at the worst time of the game? Um, so I do think it will be bad going, but as they say, it's bad going for both teams. I think it does take the scoring down a little bit. And if Philadelphia is inclined to run the ball game, maybe it evens that game up a little bit. I, I agree because I look at Philadelphia having the number one rush attack. Yeah. Tampa's got a great rush defense, but if it's a low scoring mud bowl of a game, that might be right up Philadelphia's alley. I mean, yeah, Tampa loves the deep ball, so if wind's a factor, probably means a lot more Fournette if he goes, probably a lot more Gronk. Maybe not as much Mike Evans down the field. Maybe Mike Evans is a red zone threat. And, and see, this is an interesting point that you bring up. It's the type of passing game that is probably, uh, as passing games goes, probably is affected less by horrible weather because there tend to be shorter passes. They do a lot of short to mid-range passes. 
Um, yeah, they'll air it out every once in a while. But for the most part, now with Godwin out, now with Antonio Brown not playing, I think you're going to make the, the most hay over the middle of the field with, you know, short to mid-range passes that tend to be affected a little bit less. All of the games this weekend, though, Dylan, are going to be affected by whether at some point or in some ways, even Kansas City's game, it's kind of be, going to be a cold one. I mean, not bitterly cold, but 20 to 25 is going to be uh, the game time temperature. And we're going to see north wind about 10 to 17 miles an hour. Now, that's a wind straight up and down the field, so it doesn't quite have as much of a bad effect uh, except on the kicking game, you know, shorter field goals and stuff, but uh, pretty much similar in Cincinnati. There'll be about 33 uh, degrees at game time with a Northeast wind about 10 to 17. So nobody's got perfect weather conditions except for Dallas and Los Angeles. And they kind of made that happen on their own. Yeah. Instead of man-made weather, you've got man-made domes or dome like statements. Yeah, that's it, it. I'll tell you that the funniest thing, though, is that we did have a weather delay out in L.A. this year when they had the rain in a in a in the thunderstorms nearby in a domed stadium. Go ahead and figure. But it's not a completely domed stadium indoors. So they had to protect the fans. But I thought that was kind of funny that SoFi Stadium with a roof over the playing field ended up having a weather delay this year. Hey. I, hey, I remember opening day at Mullins Park where the roof was open and it rained. And literally, Mullins Park doesn't have a tall, so they little, so the game was stopped because they needed to close the roof. And many years ago, you may not remember this one, but you can do a Google search. The Seattle Supersonics basketball team had a game canceled out in Seattle because the stadium got flooded and the roof was leaking. So they, they tried to play the game. Players were falling everywhere. And then they realized, Oh my goodness, the floor is wet in certain parts from the leaking ceiling. And then it, the rain just got so bad. They had to cancel the game and play it the next day. But uh, it was, uh, you know, basketball game getting rained out. I remember seeing that come over on the, the old weather wires and, and everybody was making fun of that out of the Seattle Weather Service office back in the day. Yeah, reminds me of when the Minis- Min- Metrodome roof imploded because of too much snow on the roof. Yeah, and I, I always found that one strange. I was like, okay, you build this kind of thing in Minnesota your land of 10,000 snowstorms. Oh, wait a minute. It's 10,000 lakes. I forgot, but uh, (laughs) definitely built for, should be built for lots of snowstorms yet. They did have the the trouble there, but, uh, but yeah, there's, it's always interesting this time of the year when it comes to football. I, I like a good old weather affected game. I love to see the elements having a, a part in it. Although I will admit with my Kansas City Chiefs that I'm a big fan of, I don't always like to see the high wind days for Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, let me tell you, I mean, with Arrowhead Stadium being open, unlike some of these stadiums where at least the wind is sort of negated, I look at this game, if you've got a little bit of wind at Arrowhead, 
especially on one end of the field and then other. If you go in into the win, it's going to change how the strategies play because if your kicker can't kick from that fall, you will have to go for it, maybe pawn and make Pittsburgh go 90 yards. Yeah, and that stadium tends to be one where the winds do some very weird things. Um, the way the stadium is built, the way the wind comes into that bowl of a stadium can often do some pretty tricky things with the wind. Just like in Pittsburgh at Hinesfield, you have one end of that stadium where kicking was really bad when the wind is against the kicker. Uh, historically, it's it's been that way since they built that place. But Arrowhead just has some weird wind gusts that go on in that place on a windy day and some very unexpected ways that the wind can can kind of play havoc with the game. Uh, and we're not going to be quite there. We're not going to be above that 20 mile an hour wind, but it's still going to be brisk enough that I think uh, we'll have some effects from the wind at that game as well this week. So thinking back to past weather games, obviously the ice ball, fog ball, tuck rule game, heck, even the the immaculate reception, or if you're in Oakland, the immaculate deception, all famous weather games. But what are some recent bad weather games you remember? I remember, I think it was a, my memory might be, might be guiding me wrong here, but I remember a game in Dallas and I thought it was on Thanksgiving day. Uh, I thought it was the late game on Thanksgiving day where it snowed. And it was like it, the, the field glazed over on that art of old artificial turf uh, in their old stadium. And it was slick. And I remember guys like being tackled and sliding for another five, 10 yards uh, on that icy field. And I, I can't remember the defensive uh, lineman's name, but he picked up a fumble and almost ran the wrong way that game as well. Uh, Leon, Leon Lett. Was that Leon Lett? Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> and that so, was after Leon Lett almost scored the touchdown in Pasadena. Yeah, crazy. I, I mean, there's been so much, so many fun ones. I was working at the at a weather office in the Chicago suburbs on the day of the ice bowl or the fog bowl, I should say. And I was I, I just couldn't believe how foggy it was. We our office was pretty close to the lake, but it was on the north side of of the city in the suburbs, but I could not see the Eden's expressway that was less than a block away from the, uh, the office. When you looked outside, all you saw was this fog. It was the densest fog that I've ever seen that, that rolled in off the lake and we had frozen ground in the whole nine yards. And I remember watching that we had the game on TV in the weather office and, you know, you just absolutely lose track of where the ball was and uh, that was hilarious to to watch that and at least it gave you know both the eagles and the bears an excuse for playing bad yeah and nowadays they don't even need an excuse so go figure yeah and yet randall conian threw almost 400 yards in the fall how, how he did that it's beyond <laughs> I think there was a lot of yards after the catch uh, and a lot of guys getting lost in the fog, but uh, unfortunately yeah. for the Eagles, the Philly became lost in the red zone that day, but that's sorry for another day. 
I've got I've got one trying to think of one. Uh, do you remember the trying to think what game it was? The Colts Bills snowstorm a few years ago when Frank Gore and LaShawn McCoy literally ran the whole game. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there there's some games where the weather has gotten to the point where it completely has changed the whole game plan of what you saw, you know, what you expected versus what you saw. And that's the that's the coolest events for me because some coaches are quicker at reacting than others. You see some of the guys try to stay with a game plan that they built and you look at it and you go, uh, did you realize the wind was going to be this strong? The, the other famous one that I remember was a Halloween night, Monday night football game in Chicago in an ice storm. Um, that was absolutely crazy. And our local affiliate that was carrying the game had to cut away because there was a plane crash in Indiana because of the uh, severe icing, a plane oh, that was heading think, to O'Hare. I think yeah. I remember. I think I remember that plane. Yeah, it was crash. American Airlines. Air, uh, I think it was plane an American, that went down. American Eagle. American Eagle. Yep, yep. And uh, that was near Coslon. Uh, yep. Yeah, because because I think from what I remember, the pilots actually got like so got so much ice on the wings and the plane literally just crashed into the, like there was nothing the pilot did wrong. It just, it's just one of the wackiest things in aviation history. Yeah. When you get a lot of ice on the wing, it stops being an efficient airfoil and they literally stalled out because their plane couldn't stay in the air anymore. It was just absolutely uh, horrible of what happened, but the game up until that point, it was raining sideways. It was just windy as can be. I remember they were honoring players at halftime and they came walking out and their wind gear was blowing off and they were just drenched from head to toe as they're, they're playing in this incredibly heavy rain with about 34 degrees. And I'm just sitting there going, Man, I'm glad I got to stay home and give out the candy and didn't get trick or treat duty with the kids that night. Or, or be outside covering the game. If you would have been the sideline reporter that night, if you would have been the sideline reporter, you would have been thinking, "Oh, this is the this is the gorgeous game to cover." I'm gonna, yeah, my <laughs> hair is gonna be messed up. I'm gonna be freezing my, you know what, off. And it's Halloween, so somebody's going to throw a Reese's, a Reese's peanut butter cup at me. <laughs> or worse, yeah, some candy corn. Nobody likes that stuff. I'd rather have candy corn in my hair <laughs> than a peanut butter cup. You do have a point there. <laughs> so, um, obviously, one guy who will have a lot of impact on tomorrow night's game being Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen, well, if you're in Buffalo, guess what? You're going to deal with like 15 seasons. And we've seen lately where Josh Allen has not been the same, particularly in weather below, I think it's like 32 degrees. If you, I mean, you in Kansas City, you guys, have, 
I've got a similar spot with Patrick Mahomes and having a great passing offense. Should Bills fans be worried, A, because it's going to be below 10 degrees with probably a negative wind chill, that Josh Allen can play well in brutally cold weather tomorrow night? Yeah, I think he'll do fine. Um, this is a guy he didn't he didn't remember he didn't go to college down in florida or alabama (laughs) he was used to playing in in high wind conditions and bad weather conditions that's why when i looked at his stats coming out of college and people were you know somewhat critical why wasn't his passing completion percentage better i'm like well you, you don't understand weather if you have to ask that question. But uh, so he's played in all kinds of weather. And one of his best attributes is his legs. And his legs will not be slowed down uh, that much from the cold. Now, what I will say, though, is if he takes a big hit, anybody that takes a big hit is going to feel it a whole lot more. So you might see guys start uh, wearing down as the game wears on. But that happens for the defensive guys as well as the offensive guys. I think Josh Allen's going to be fine. If the wind was going to be stronger, I'd be a little bit more concerned. I'm more concerned about the kicking game. Kicking a ball in seven-degree weather is like kicking a rock and a very large rock. It's going to be not traveling nearly as far. I I doubt it we'll see any uh, field goals over 40 yards uh, tomorrow night because that ball just does not react to, to being kicked that much, which might actually make it kind of interesting because we might see a few more runbacks on the uh, kicking game than we're used to seeing. But I would expect that to be a lower scoring game. I think both defenses are going to be uh, finding ways to stop each other, uh, each other's team. So I would look at Josh Allen's running ability to be the one edge that he might give Buffalo that they might have to use uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, if there's one quarterback who can play in any kind of weather, it's Josh Allen. I said in my description of the game, he could play in a hurricane, a hailstorm, a blizzard, fog, any kind of weather, and he'd be fine. But, I mean, wind-wise, don't think it'll be a problem. I mean, cold-wise, I mean, he went to Wyoming. It's not exactly – yeah, Wyoming's not exactly how to move him. No, and, and the, the big key with, with stats, when you look at somebody's stats and you say, oh, below a certain temperature, um, they haven't done as well. Well, first of all, one of the problems that that player has is in good weather, he's done phenomenally well. So he set the bar really high as far as statistics go. Number two is you don't have a lot of data points to go on because this is still a pretty young player. And a lot of times when the temperature is cold in Buffalo, they're also getting a lot of wind and a lot of snow with the lake effect snow. So with the the cold temperatures, usually that means a snowy day as well. And snow will slow a quarterback down more than just cold weather will. And in this case, it's one of those rare days in Buffalo because you're getting a really, really cold day in January. You're getting light winds. That's very unusual in Buffalo. Usually when we've got cold temperatures, we got a strong northwest wind. We got snow squalls off the lake and we got the cold temps. Um, I've seen it in Buffalo where you're getting three or four inch an hour snow, lake effect snow in five degree weather. 
with a northwest wind at 30. Uh, it turns the the place just uh, you know near the near the lakes there in upstate New York just impassable uh, really fast. But we're not going to have that for this game. We're actually going to have a northeast wind, which is not correct for getting lake effect snow in Buffalo. So I don't think we're going to have as bad of conditions as we might have if that game was being played Sunday night instead of Saturday night. It won't be a replay of that Monday night game with the Pats and Bills basically played in a hurricane, right? No, it's it's going to be, uh, you know, all things considered, there's there's going to be there would be worse weather that we could have up there in Buffalo than what we're going to see, but uh, it's going to be a rather uncomfortable day for the fans. And if they win, it's going to be a very cold day to hit that table when you do that old drop uh, under the table to break <laughs> it afterwards. So I, I don't recommend that in five degree weather. Although usually those people are so drunk, they're not going to feel any of that pain <laughs> for a while. <laughs> You know what? Bill's Mafia won't care, won't care if they're playing in a Super Bowl. They're like, we'll take no. we'll take a dome because you imagine Josh Allen inside. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It's and that's the thing is the game being supposedly. I'm still thinking it might get shifted from L.A. because of this COVID situation. But if they play in L.A., I mean, you're talking a great venue for a great offensive quarterback like Josh Allen to do what he can do best and. Um, that's, that would, you know, my chiefs don't make it. I I'm kind of rooting for the bills mafia because they're some of the most loyal fans around. And, and one thing, Dylan, one thing, crazy thing that I read the other day is here's how long it's been since the Cincinnati Bengals have won a playoff game. You realize, you realize no, no Bengals fan in history has texted about winning a playoff game. Because texting wasn't invented back the last time they won a playoff game. That's pretty bad. Yeah, and get this. January 6, 1991 was Cincinnati's last playoff win, I believe, against the Houston Oilers, if my memory serves me right. I think you're correct. And I was not alive. I was born a year and a half (laughs) later. And get this. The next week, Cincinnati's played the L.A. Raiders – and that was the game where Bo Jackson broke his head. Ooh, ah. And there's been like a curse on the Bengals. And there's been like this supposed curse on the Bengals ever since. Well, their fans are certainly getting rewarded for their patience because they have built a tremendous offense. And I have a, a great deal of fear for the rest of the league if they can build a defense that's even half as good as it needs to be to be consistent winners. Joe Burrow is, is fantastic. They got three great uh, wide receivers to throw to. They've got an adequate tight end and a tremendous running back in Joe Mixon. That is a deep, deep offense, and they're only going to get better. Yeah, because you think – Burrow's in his second year. T. Higgins in his second year. Chase is a rookie. Joe Mixon, not exactly an old running back. And C.J. Us, how do you say it? Usama or Us? Usama, yeah. Usama. <laughs> and they got Drew. They got a guy by the name of Drew Sample who's better than than you know 
uh, I think a lot of folks realize he's come off some pretty bad injuries and he'll develop into a good second tight end. And then you got Chris Evans uh, sitting there on the bench as a running back who didn't get much play this year, but we saw what he could do the last week of the season. That's a lot of talent. And uh, Samaje Pirine as a backup running back is better than some teams starting running back. So they're very, very deep. And I think if they add a little more help to that offensive line and then add a little more help to that defense, they're going to be really tough to play next year. I think yeah. the, the future's bright for Cincinnati. Yep. Get a tackle and maybe get another defensive back, and the Bengals rule that AFC North for the next decade. So, uh, thanks for hopping on, Dennis. We wish your Chiefs well. Hopefully, weather doesn't affect these games too much, but uh, you know, this time of year, anything can happen with Mother Nature. Absolutely. And I'll give folks an update on uh, the morning of both uh, game days here. Uh, when the new weather models come out and give you an update if you're looking to play some daily fantasy this weekend. Uh, I'll be I'll be tuning in. Whether it be Cincinnati, Orchard Park, Tampa, or Kansas City, the weather is always changing. Yeah, and it's going to be a really tough call for some of these uh, cities. So that Tampa Bay game, especially, that's going to be a tough call for Sunday afternoon. We'll have to take a look on the morning of the game to see how those showers are setting up. But Dylan, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.